Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ and welcome you to Wow, What a Show. Oh, have I ever, I mean, I think that I've said it so many times now that the title um, is a, a recognition that God is performing all the time. He's a God who does miraculous and wonderful things. And day in and day out, we behold that glory that comes from all the wonderful things that he has done and is doing in your life, in my life, in the world. And sometimes it looks a little, you know, um, out of control, I think, chaotic and really strange. But if you read his word, you'll find that all experience have everything to do with his ultimate plan. And we are moving ever expediently towards that plan. It is coming to pass. God is not a God that he should lie, so says the scripture, nor the son of man that he should repent. Therefore, everything that he says, he means, and everything that he means, he will perform and does perform. Praise God that in the book of Genesis, even after the flood, he made a promise that seed time and harvest would always come. The cycles that are necessary to keep us living on this planet, on this ball, those things would come to pass and still be. I think he's just a God of absolute wonder because, you know, as awful as men can be and as, um, re as much as we reject the goodness of God, he is still good to us. He still brings uh, it to, our, uh, to our tables the food that we need to supply our nourishment, and he still keeps every promise. It's amazing. But that's God, and this is wow, what a show. This is the place where we exalt and recognize all that he is and all that he does. So we are reading tonight again from the book of Proverbs, and we are starting once more in the 15th chapter. It's a great chapter we read this morning, and uh, I, I did a good deal of, of explaining uh, this evening, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think we'll just read it. And if we have visitors and guests, we will discuss what we have read. We will put it in the context of our personal lives and see how the Lord is uh, impacting us to do great things. So I'm so glad that uh, Sister Reams is in the studio with me. She is in the co-host position. And we will to discuss together rather than just give comment, you know, on every verse. We'll, we'll have a discussion and see uh, just how good these little dainties are <laughs> in our own spiritual growth and nourishment. So, Sister A, I'm so glad you're there. It's just the two of us right now, but we shall see what the Lord will do. And we're going to read. Of course, this is, you know, a Friday night, right? And uh, people just wait for the end of the week so that they can be involved in rest or other activities. I know tonight uh, it, it's probably way past that Tony had a, a big event today. 
and I hope that it went very, I, I'm sure it went very well. Uh, maybe he'll come on and, and tell us about it, or maybe he'll get some sleep because right now in his neck of the woods, as we would say from the South, it's bedtime, way past bedtime before my bedtime. So good evening, Sister Reams. Good evening. Well, Sister Reams, I can't hear you. I don't know why, but I don't hear you. Hmm. If if indeed uh, Sister Rima can, uh, you know, rectify whatever is going on there, uh, she will join me in the discussion. And while we try to do that, okay, <laughs> but I I can't hear you. If you were saying something, I can't hear you. I don't know what the problem is. But we are again in chapter 15 of the book of Proverbs. And I will read the, the whole segment, right? If Sister Reams can't join in, I'm going to read down to verse, what, 15 and see if by then we have some volume from Sister Rima. So, a soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is prudent. In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish does not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loves him that follows after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord, how much more then the hearts of the children of men. A scorner loveth not one that reproves him neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. The heart of him that has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better it, uh, is little with the fear of the Lord and great treasure and trouble therewith. Okay, Sister Reem, okay, you left the, the uh, seat there, so it's okay. All righty, I'm calling, but I, oh, okie dokie. So everyone, I'm going to stop and see if I can get Sister Reem in again. I am okay. I can't do it actually because I already sent the email and it is not, it's not here for me to resend. So I am so sorry. Um, so sorry. 
Let's see if I send you a link. Then you might be able to do it that way. Meanwhile, I'll just keep reading. So, guys, we've read down to verse 16, and I'll read it again. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. That's what it's saying. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is the joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, but a man of understanding walks uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his son, I mean his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the window, widow. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hates gifts shall live. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abides among the wise. He that refuses instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. So much has been said that Tony, hi there. Oh, praise God. So sorry. <laughs> Not connecting. Okie dokie. So we wanted Sister Reams to come and join us as co-host tonight. But she has a new phone and you know how that goes. So time will come when the Lord will help her, her to you know figure it all out and we'll see what the issues are. Welcome, Tony. Good to see you. How was your day? Please tell us how everything went today. Um, so we read this morning and um, went through most of this, right? And what I really would like to do, oh, I don't have the, the real time to do it, but when we read these chapters, um, thank you, everyone. Yes, indeed. Um, when we when we read these proverbs, we hear that the the principle or the idea in most of them is repeated. So even though we have a verse of thirty three, um, we have a, a chapter of thirty three verses. Some of the verses are 
overlaps, right? And what I I can hear them when I read them, of course, but I can never kind of quickly make those uh, <clears throat> those connections in terms of the verse, call the verse. But this one uh, about the, what we say out of our mouths, we spend a great deal of, of um, <laughs> mommy, I wish I could send you some of my voices during my speech. I do too. Um, when you say voices, what do you mean? A, uh, tell me that, okay? <laughs> so the idea of a soft answer turning away wrath, right, um, is is very much a, a principle that we really want to, I do anyway, I want to apply to my life at all times. And so after reading this this morning and talking a great deal about it, I spent, you know, a good part of my day in silent a prayer, asking the Lord, you know, just walking and talking with him and asking him to make it so. You know, truly, the, the, the last verse says, uh, before honor is humility. When we are able to just recognize that we are truly all the creation of God, and that he's made every man in his image. You know, whether we like to believe that or not, there's some people that we say, how in the world, you know, you don't even think about the quality of, of the the dust that is there, this formed dust into which God has uh, blown his breath and given all of the processes of life, and that his rain shines on the just and the unjust as well. And so when we are at odds with other people, can we stop? I'm asking the Lord, let me stop. And that's how I want to think of them. I want to think of them as being in value the same as me. So Tony tells us it was live. Oh, on Clubhouse. Also, it's an app like the podcast. So my speech was live over there. Well, is it live to us? Can we get it? Mm. Okay, <laughs> our response on the fly can come out of the wrong, especially when we respond too hastily. So Sister Reem, thank you. <clears throat> you are speaking into the very thing. Yes, right, not being hasty. And there is one proverb that, that you know, says kind of that same thing. We, if we study, if we can study before we speak. And by studying, I just really... I believe that that is a, is um, implying that we need to think before we speak. Okay, well, uh, Tony is is sharing with us how his speech went today. We prayed for him, and I'm sure it was wonderful. It would be lovely to hear it. Um, and so he's telling us that he might be able to email it to me. I would love that. That would be lovely. God is so good, and he has blessed Tony to be the recipient of this honor. Now, and we're talking about humility, right? Being, um, going before honor, and a fall going before pride, or pride going before the fall. And that's one thing that we must guard. And so when we are uh, talking to people, even motive, as Sister Reams is saying, to not be hasty in our response. And 
the other proverb that says, he who studies before an answer is wise or has understanding. If we can for a second contemplate exactly what our motives are in our responding. My husband told me some time ago that I was vindictive. This is right after we got married. I couldn't even believe that he said that about me. I'm not vindictive. I don't try to get anybody back. You know, <laughs> I couldn't see what he was saying at that time. I just didn't understand how he could say that about me. But <clears throat> after many years and much uh, toil and uh, being the victim sometimes of other people's, what, you know, judgments, sometimes I really do feel quite vindictive and I have to hold myself, it, you know, I have to hold myself back. It's like I want to do something to get back at all these folk who kind of cause me grief. <laughs> but thank God, you know, I do recognize it. It was probably really good for him to have said that to me because now I'm very aware of the inner motive when I am speaking to someone or when my actions are, when I weigh my actions, you know, I, I don't want to ever be vindictive because the Lord tells us that um, vengeance belongs to him and he will pay and he can do a better job of bringing a recompense for a person's ill actions much better than I can. And then that would be not to my harm. Whatever he decides to do must be reckoned between the person and God, not between the person and me. And so it's a much better position to to, to stand in. And I really, really um, am glad that I have finally gotten that. So I was telling you about this book this morning too. I'm, I'm dropping down tonight. I'm going to be all over the place tonight. But verse 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now that's uh, a lot to also consider. And I was telling you about this uh, book that that I read some years ago. Uh, and, and the title of it, I'm, I'm trying to find that title right now because I really do want you to know what the book uh, title was. Norman Cousins is, I remember the author, isn't that something I don't really remember authors, but this book was about Norman Cousins. He actually wrote it about himself and uh, what he was reporting to us. There are no results. Um, I can't find it. Maybe he's no longer, okay, maybe if I say author. Um, <clears throat> he is no longer, maybe the book is, you know, out of print or just never no, no, anywhere around. But that book was about him recovering from a very bad disease. He, he had a, a diagnosis from the doctor. I don't think they knew exactly what the, the, the disease was. But he decided to take this a scripture literally. So he um, shut himself away in a hotel room and got, uh, you know, comedy. He surrounded himself with comedy tapes and books, etc. And, you know, he, he gave himself laughter. And the laughter was his healing. He actually was healed. 
So the, the scripture is saying he tested it. You know, he, he tried it out. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Well, this isn't quite the one that he was basing on. This merry heart doeth good like a medicine is the one that he was uh, <clears throat> was responding to. But this merry heart maketh for a cheerful countenance. Have you ever uh, been around someone who says you look so down in the dumps? You look so sad. What's going on? Right? And truly, something is going on. You're carrying some burden or you have been saddened over some incident or event. But when you are just talking with friends or you have some good news about something, you actually are are happy inside and it shows in your face. It's written in Psalm 42. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? For I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance. Jesus Christ, God and his goodness, helps my countenance. He gives me a cheerful countenance. That is a good one to remember. And it behooves us to, to cause ourselves to... um. Not not so much, you know, just sit around and watch funny movies all day, but to remember that worry is not ever going to bring a solution to any problem. And so when we give our problems to the Lord, we can then rejoice and praise him for the outcome, the working out of it. And we can then change our innermost feelings, the, the heart, and so the countenance will show that. I, I, I'm I just digging in here at <clears throat> understanding and realizing that there's so much that we can pick from the, um, from the vine of these proverbs, these gold apples, these, you know, beautiful, luscious grapes. That's what they are like for me. Um, so a fool... Uh, despises his father's instruction, verse 5, but he that regards reproof is very careful, very careful, listens and makes sure, I believe, that he is a child or, you know, a person, you're not walking far from the advisement of your father or the teachings of your father. My dad now has <clears throat> has been um, uh, dead for, I guess, almost what, uh, not 20, 17 years or so. And his instruction still rings in my head, right, about rest. He would always say, baby girl, just do one thing in a day. And by that, he was telling me not to overload my schedule, which I am so good at doing. And I still hear that advice. I still hear him tell me that I've gained too much weight too. <laughs> he would say, baby girl, uh, are you, do you want to be carrying that weight? You know, and he would tell us, don't, don't put more on your dish than you can consume. Uh, don't uh, overeat ever. And then he would say, you better go to bed on time, on time to my dad was eight or nine o'clock. And then he would say, don't lay in the bed and get lazy. Don't let yourself get lazy. 
which means that he was going to wake me at six o'clock in the a.m. <laughs> and he would never be late for anything. If daddy had an appointment or if he were going to a, an event or to church, if it started at 11 o'clock, you better know my dad was there at at least a quarter till or 10. And if you took him late, he would not go. He wouldn't even go. He was uh, a man of his word as well. If he told you and he taught us to do that, he said, if you can't do it, don't promise to do it. You know, my mother, the same way I can hear her instruction continually. So even though they're not here to say it <laughs> directly to me, they they taught me these things, as I'm sure you have also experienced. Um, and and those instructions ring in your being because we do not they don't depart from us. The Bible says if you train a child up in the way he should go, then when he gets old it won't depart from him. Well that is a full example of of course that's not in this reading of the Proverbs, but that is to warn us not to depart or despise the instruction that we have been uh, taught and to um, re regard reproof. If you regard reproof, you know, that when those words come up and, and you're, um, you're contemplating them against or in contrast to something that you're really doing, that is reproof right there. The foundation laid is now speaking to you and you are being you know, reminded of that which you have been taught. If you reject it, if you reject it, you are not being prudent. But if you regard it, if in other words, if you pay attention to it, if you let it uh, bring, bring you into the memory of that principle, then you are being not just wise, the Bible says, prudent. You're being very careful. You are choosing well. You are thinking it through. Very good. Thank you. Sound advice, we Reem says, we often pack too much in a day. Absolutely. There's always more to be done than we can get done in a day. You know, and I, Sister Reems, I'm, I'm wondering, what's the point? Really and truly, right? What truly is the point? Um, what is it that, that makes us do this hurry up, keep up thing? Because at the end of it all, at, or at the end of the day, it's an event past, and if it had no eternal value, what was that busyness all about? You know, we've we've gotten to the to the age, I suppose, where thinking these things through is a part of assessing our entire lives. You know, you're looking back to see where the value of your life is found and how in the days that we have left or the years that God may grant to us, how can we make it really count for eternity, for someone else's good? How can we leave the legacy? How can we make what we do um, last like those kind and wonderful words left by my parents and your parents, right? Yes. So, um, <clears throat> all the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now that really, this is verse uh, 15. That speaks in again to, first of all, the merry heart, 
but also of the foolishness of this busyness. Just being busy, busy, busy. I think that's that's an affliction, truly. Uh, sometimes you're so tired and you're so off balance and you're so out of, you know, uh, there's very little leisure when you are, your schedule is backed and packed and has very little time for contemplation uh, and assessment, self-assessment. There's very little time to do those things which are are of of uh, eternal value, or even those things that are needful in a day. So it's it's really really worth our just taking time with. As the song says, only what we do for Christ will last. I'm telling you, it really and truly that's a that's a good word right there. So Reams and Tony, you're out there. If you have your Bibles open. Would you uh, really respond to one of these proverbs for me? Um, I am just, you know, randomly putting my eyes on them because like we went through them this morning, every, almost every one of them, I, I did skip a few, but I, I, um, it's a bit repetitious for me at this point. And I would love to hear more about what you are thinking. Uh, just choose one and let's see what we could, we can come up with. <clears throat> and I'll choose another while you are um, are, are looking. So I, I choose 17, and I like it very much. Better is dinner of herbs uh, where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Yeah, that stalled ox, that kind of, uh, that the imagery of me looks like you can't get it done, right? You can't. The, the ox is a burden of beast. And so I see an ox, you know, attached to a, a plow or uh, yoked with another ox or something trying to uh, pull furrows for planting. And the Bible's, you know, so so these people are maybe are busy about trying to, you know, till that soil and get the, everything planted and, you know, get it in on time and make sure that all things are well so that the Harvest when harvest time, harvest times come, you will have more than enough. Well, uh, the the proverb says it's better to have a dinner of herbs. I mean, and in the strife of trying to get stuff done, that could be hatred, or you could be building up a wall uh, with those that you are are concerned with, or those that you think you're providing for. And it's not that it's not good to work and it's not that it surely is not good. It is a good thing to plant. But how is it going with regards to the relationships that you are keeping and are responsible to? Do you have time for that? If you are so over overwrought with uh, this stalled ox, uh, for example. So a dinner of herbs where there is love. Well, herbs are nothing to write home about. They're good to have to add to a dinner, right? But if you don't have it all and you have the herbs, that's better if you also have love than this other situation where you may be working, working, working hard. And maybe the stalled ox has to do also with doing all that work and yet not reaping very much benefit from it as we do in the modern world. We don't actually, well, most of us don't. There are farmers for sure. But most of us get up and go out to, you know, a corporate 
or nonprofit, you know, all nine to five jobs and working so hard, so busy, trying to get things done. And really and truly, you're wasting, you know, it's putting in a lot of time, but the ox is stalled. You know, you're not really, really accomplishing all that much. I just contemplate that one and I, I really want the Lord to help me to uh, get to the the real core of it and understand it. Uh, because at this point in life, you know, who I, I don't want to be, I don't want to push a stalled ox, so to speak. And I definitely don't want to be in in the midst of, of situations where hatred and strife are are um flourishing. I would much rather be at a dinner with herbs and be in the relationships that are loving and kind and caring. That's just a, a one for me to really uh, contemplate. <clears throat> Again, we have these proverbs that have spoken so much to um, the way we talk to other people. Oh, yes, Sister Reem, another way of, I looked at that is I <laughs> that I oh my goodness looked at that I'd I guess had vegetables can be boring whereas tasty beef can be delicious but having plenty to eat and drink with strife <laughs> my spin well that's that's really a good way to look at it you can have um, you know steak for dinner. You know, you'll be able to afford steak because you have, you know, pushed that ox. But there's no there's no delight. The people that you are with, the relationships that you have built uh, are not at all pleasing or kind hard or kindly affectionate towards you and you not to them. I like the spin. That's a good spin. Nothing wrong with that at all. So um, I was back with the. So the mouth, here it is, whereas the lips of the wise disperse knowledge. I really am drawn to that as well. But the heart of the foolish doeth not so. So um, now this morning, when I first read through these, I was, you know, I came off, of course, and I had read Matthew Henry's um, commentary on some of these, but I can never remember the stuff that people other people you know what they've said unless I really study study it but <clears throat> I was thinking this morning that um, disperses knowledge well you know it, like giving out stuff what you know helping others to uh, to come to an understanding uh, by sharing uh, the knowledge of and I'm thinking God the knowledge of God because um, where is it? Now, I want to go back to, uh, but there, there's um, there's no reference here. But the the uh, in the beginning of Proverbs, we are told, and I'm going to go back to to chapter one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So, are we dispersing the knowledge of God? He who is uh, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So is that what is meant here? Oh, my mummies, let's see. I am trying to send a speech, but it 
it's not coming. If I can come and say something before the, uh, yes, for, for sure. I mean, if I can up to say something, you certainly may, for sure. Um, <clears throat> all you have to do is send, you know, send your request, and I will let you in the studio, for sure. In the in the co-host seat, you are already in the studio. So the dispersion of the knowledge of God is really that now that's virtuous life right there and of course doing that within the context of what the proverbs have taught us about how to speak to other people we are not beating them down or preaching to them you know i can be so excited about a thing that i do start preaching so i'm asking the lord to help me with that but to to give the knowledge of god and to help others come to the understanding of his goodness, his love, and that the hope, peace, and forgiveness that he provides. Maybe that's what this proverb is taking us to. Um, I like that very much. I really do. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loveth him that follows after righteousness. And that's what we have to do. Just follow after righteousness. What is the scripture that says? There is Romans, right? Uh, there is now one, uh, Romans 8, 1. There is now therefore no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. It isn't that we're not condemned because we are perfect. It is that we are striving to know God, to walk in his way, to walk according to his leading and to keep and obey his commands. Sorry for miss, missing words. <laughs> Bottom line, I like the verse, amen. <laughs> That's okay. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I didn't, maybe I didn't read it just right because I kind of couldn't, couldn't put a sense to it, but I think I got it. I think I did pretty good, right? So, um, yeah, walking uh, after, after the spirit of God, walking in such a way. God loves that. And our, our missteps or our mistakes, our, you know, imperfection, he covers that in his love. He loves the righteous, and we are not righteous because we are righteous, but we are righteous because he has called us to himself and covered us in his love. And then he continues to build us up in his way so that one day, one day we actually do uh, actually experience a level of righteousness in him. It's a beautiful thing. I do love it. And hell and destruction are before the Lord. Now, this is the one. This morning, I was thinking, how much more than the heart than the hearts of, of the children of men? I was thinking this morning that hell and destruction before the eyes of the Lord, and so definitely before us, there's hell and destruction. But what I think is really being said here is, as I read it again, hell and destruction. God can see that. He can also see the hearts of men. The hearts of men, your mind, your heart, and my heart. So he is judging. He is judging not just what we do, but why we do it. Not just what we say, but why we say it. And whether or not we mean what we say. 
You know, there's such a thing as Christianese, we're told, right? People saying all the right things about God and just, you know, saying that, that praise the Lord in the right place and just, you know, speaking this language of the Bible and the language of, you know, Christian groups and their hearts are far from it. The, the, Jesus Christ told the people, you know, you, you pay lip service, but your, your heart is not at all in what you're saying about me. You, you don't mean it, you know. So God can see. God can see our hearts. And that is from the place from which we are judged from our heart. Um, so that one also is a, a really good one to contemplate. Um, oh, verse 24 is also, wow. The way of life is above to the wise. He, uh, that he may depart from hell beneath. And that's just well said, right? The way of life is above to the wise that he may be part or so that he may depart from hell beneath. And of course, uh, the expression, the devil is under your foot or put, put that evil under your feet. That kind of gives us a, a, a translation of what is being said here. The way of life is uh, above, above. The Bible tells us that uh, that the Lord resides in the sides of the north of heaven, right? That's above. Heaven is above. And that hell, you shall go down to the pit, right? So hell is beneath. And so wise people find their way in seeking God, so that they are departing from that which is beneath, and that is, of course, hell. So there are very, very exciting proverbs here that we can really wrap our hearts around. And uh, just living, you know, I am going to Oh, that verse 26 is the heart of the righteous studies to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. And oh, honest to goodness, if you don't study because the, the heart is desperately wicked, who can know it? Ooh, it we, we have to study. We have to commune with the Lord in his word. We have to get the word inside us. We have to really allow God to plant it if we ever intend to be transformed of mind and heart and become truly the very children of as redeemed, uh, uh, that God has redeemed the very children of God so guys, you know, I'm going to I'm going to leave off right here. We end with the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. We know that every proverb is instruction in wisdom. Every proverb itself. It's like Anna said, we could just talk about one of them, you know, just build a whole lesson on just one proverb and uh that would be you know not even enough time to make sure that we have really ingested it 
but we will co come closer to understanding it because we spend a lot of time on it. We are more apt to remember it. And again, the Proverbs are repeating the principles in different ways. And that's one of the reasons why I looked at the commentary because I was looking for more vocabulary, different ways to express because each one of them does indeed have a little of its own twist or a little bit more of a turn on it so that we get even deeper understanding of what it means to speak soft words because many of them speak of the lips, the lips, the lips, the mouth, the mouth, right? And so we, we the repetition is good, but the repetition takes us a little deeper a little deeper into understanding. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counsel, they are established. Counselors, they are established, right? Yes, in the multitude of counselors. I heard a pastor say that today. We were taking a little, um, uh, I guess, a teaching. And he was asked to make a decision. And he said, I have to speak with a, a, broad, a larger group because you know it is written in the multitude of counselors. There is safety. Don't you love it? I do. It is imperative that we feast on God's word for transforming our old Adamic nature to be more like Christ. Right. Yeah. We don't, you know, we just want to be totally reborn. We are reborn, and what we're, God is doing is bringing us up spiritually. He's really teaching us. And so we are really and truly shedding the Adamic nature. It is um, cruci being crucified. I am crucified with Christ, yet I live, but it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And if the living word is Christ, then what shall we do more to make that transformation manifest than to spend time in the word of God? Tony, I, I, I thank God that you all have been patient and stayed for the reading. It's a wonderful thing. And now if Tony is ready to, to you know, enter into the co-host seat and tell us a little bit about what happened today, we are ready to receive that. And while you're on your way, we're going to thank God for his precious word. Lord, you're so good and you're so kind with us. Thank you for giving us this, this moment to once again gather at your table and to dine. Definitely, we have not had herbs, bitter herbs. <laughs> we have had the dainties of the sweets and the treats that come from the table of the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hill, and you, Lord God, who maketh all things that are good for our nourishment grow. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, okay, so Tony, you're there. Can you hear me? Can I hear you? Can you hear me with me? Yes, I do hear you, and it's good to hear your voice. Go right ahead. Tell us all about it. I'm sure that everyone is wondered about what you were going, what was happening with you today. So go right ahead. Um, first of all, mommy. Um, today I made dignitaries and prominent people cried. 
I make them wipe their tears with their handkerchief and their tissues. Yes. They were all emotional, crying, rolling themselves on the floor, like thanking God on my behalf. And first of all, I want to thank God for these things. And mommy, you family. Yeah your emotions and your reactions when I tell you this the way that you reacted to it was my plaque it was my trophy and my award I bless God for you people seeing what God has placed in me from afar even a family member for them to see what God has placed in you is another thing and for them allowing you to exhibit whatever God has placed in you too is a different thing but your encouragement, your words of motivation, and you pushing me. Mommy, at the auditorium, at the auditorium, (laughs) it turned into a worship center. Like, Uh everybody, everybody was crying, and dignitaries were asking my name, and some of them invited me to their office, and they asked me to oh. pray for them after oh, my speech. Glory to God. Mommy, like, glory oh. to God. It's something Hallelujah. That I glory. Who, who pushed me? I mean, I was a little bit nervous because, um, though I, I want to inspire people all over around the world, but this is my first time, like, talking to such a yeah. crowd. And I was a li- yeah. little bit nervous. And when Pastor John Thomas gave me that scripture to read, it seems like yes. something came and strengthens me. Something came and like imbued me in a way that I don't understand. So I deliver everything. I'm telling them what I have gone through my life here in Accra and telling them that I'm now a university student. Mommy, like, they were shouting for me as if they've known me for over 10 years. And they were all thanking God for me. I mean, um, it just marveled my mind, Mommy. I was glory, just surprised glory to God. in the auditorium. And the MPs were there. Members of parliament yeah. were there. Um, countries yeah. ambassadors were there. And they were all emotional, crying. <laughs> Mommy, I just thank God for where he's taking me to. I'm in a rejected stone, ah. like me. Someone who was not part in mind. Someone whose name wasn't even part on his father's funeral poster. But mm. now what God is doing in my life shows me that <laughs> no matter where you're from, <laughs> no matter the limitation that a family members, your own blood-related people will place on you. So far as you have God and you find yourself in the right associations, who tells you, no matter how bigger your dream is, your dreams are valid and they are pushing you. You you can be whomever you dream. So, mommy, um, they cried and they made me cry also. <laughs> I couldn't hold my tears. I cried, yeah. I cried, and it was something moment. And I bless everybody's life for your doings in the life of Tony Richie. It just marvels my mind. And I love you all, mommy. God bless you for your doing. 
thank you opportunity also thank you so much mommy thank you oh my goodness you bless us tony we thank you for sharing that as you were talking I, of course, am giving God all the praise. His glory is being once again on display. It's being exposed through you. And I am so grateful. I believe that every, um, every time we exalt him, he is performing something greater than we can even begin to imagine. We have experienced, we see something there and then, but it goes far beyond the moment. And I was thinking of Joseph, right? Joseph had a dream. And when he shared that dream with his brothers, they didn't like him for it. And they, you know, they retaliated. But God had a plan for Joseph. Hallelujah. He became second in command, if I make no mistake. And therefore, I believe God is catapulting you uh, forward and that the dream that he has placed in your heart is one that will be realized. The Lord is going to do great and mighty things in and through Tony Richie. May he be praised forever. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for that which you've accomplished today. Thank you, God, that Tony is, he is on the, on the righteous side of the Proverbs that we are reading. He is one that uh, disperses the knowledge of God. We bless you for it and thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Tony, I'm so full and overflowing here with praise Amen. for the Lord. There's not much more that I can say except glory. <laughs> glory. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Yes. And Reem says, to God be the glory. It is his glory. Ooh. And when you walk in, in the, the beauty of his blessings, nothing is like it. Nothing at all. And I heard you say he turned the auditorium into a worship center. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, that's just wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Tony, uh, would you like to just give us our benediction for this evening? Come again, mommy. Would you like to give us uh, the, oh, well, I was saying, would you like to pray us out for the evening? Father, please continue to bless and use Tony to spread the good news. That's a prayer for you from Sister Reams, who is in the uh, studio with us tonight. So I we're, we're finished with the Proverbs. You've given us such a wonderful uh, testimony here, and we are going to contemplate it all in one big package tonight. I will think of you. I, which I did all day, and you know, I was praying, and and I knew I knew it was going to be wonderful. I really did. I just had that sense, and um, and it was wonderful. And here you are to tell us all about it. So, um, if if we, you know, we, we're finished. You want to say anything else? Um. Can I do the closing prayer? Yes, that's what I was asking if you would do. Yes, please do. Okay, mommy, we are praying. 
Dear Lord Jesus, we want to take a little time and worship you once again. We want to take a little time and salute your supremacy. We are more amazed Mm. that you send down your son Jesus Christ to come to the earth to be a sacrificial lamb so that we will be a living lambs, so that we can walk Mm. through your presence without any restrictions, without any instructions, and without any limitations. We thank you for filling the gap that was between you and us through the blood of Jesus. The blood is still speaking. He was pierced. He was striped. He was being bullied. He was maltreated because of we the Gentiles. Now, if we have the access to your throne room to bow before you, to ask you our little things and you cares, then we are grateful. We thank you for using us with the weak and the fullest things of the world to confound the wise. We thank you for showing us your love, which is the greatest love of all, which is the greatest love of all. We want to bless you. We want to thank you. We want to say hallelujah be unto your name. We lift our hands and worship you. You are indeed the way maker. You are indeed the miracle worker. You are indeed the husband to the widow, the help to the helpless. After giving us all these things, now, what better than again can we ask? We don't want to be ungrateful sons and daughters. We are grateful for your love and your care. We are grateful for your mercy renew each and every day in our lives. We are grateful anytime we mention your name, Jesus, miracle happens. For we know a name that changes life and destiny. We know a name that the demons flee and the wind obey. We know a name that comes the sea and heal the sick. Daddy, come and take your glory. Come and take your glory. Come and take your glory. For we do not know the pain that you went through. And we will never take it lightly. We will never take it lightly. We will never take it lightly. We were prodigal sons and daughters. But because of your love, you came down from your holy throne, the throne full of glory, full of wealth, full of success, to be a slave so that we can dine with you, so that we can put our head on your breast a day to come. Lord, we bless you for your love. We bless you. Continue to empower your family, your humble servants here on this platform. Continue to strengthen them. Continue to give them the knowledge and understanding in your word so that anytime you will be here in your presence, we won't live here the same as we have come. We will live here fulfillment. We will live here satisfied. We will live here tra- transformed in the name of Jesus. We bless you. Come and take your glory. We commit all our ways into your hands. Continue to be our warrior. Continue to be our fighter. Continue to be our deliverer. Continue to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Continue to be our leader. Continue to be our shepherd. All days of our lives and that of our family and even our neighbors. We bless you for your presence. In the name of Jesus, mighty that we have prayed. Amen. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. How wonderful. Praise 
to you, O Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Yes. Yes, we know we know a name that is above every name. We know a name that everything will bow to. Things in heaven and earth and under the earth must bow to the name of Jesus. And the Lord our God is able to do so much more than we can even imagine or think. For that testimony, we are so grateful. Tony, thank you so much for sharing it with us. And I can't wait to tell Pastor Thomas <laughs> that your scripture meant something uh, that Amen. the scripture he told Amen. you to read. Yes, it was good. It was Amen. good. Ah, oh, God is good. What a lovely day Tony had. And because you had a lovely day, we are having a lovely day, a lovely night. Glory to God. Not that our day wasn't good, but it has gotten better. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Wow, kind of hard to like come down off the cloud once you swung up there with Jesus like that, right? But the day, the day is is closing. And I know that you need to rest physically. You need to rest and just, you know, bask in what the Lord has done today. Uh, he gives his beloved sleep, however, that we may continue in our strength. That's just one of the ways. And so when you wake on the morrow and uh, in the morrow, we anticipate the newness of what he is going to do as well. And we awaken to the beautiful mercies and the glorious dawn, which reminds us that we have been called out of the darkness. Who, hallelujah, into, into his marvelous light. And that light never dims, hallelujah. Praise God, glory. I'm going to hit the music here so that we can just dance in the great joy <laughs> that we have just heard. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Tony, look forward to being with you again on the morrow. And Sister Reams, how faithful that you should have come tonight. Thank you so much. Have a great restful evening. And early morning, Tony, we'll check you out tomorrow. I give God praise and thanks for what he has done this day in your life and therefore in ours. We really, really share in that beauty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you. Word of all of our praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.